is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And welcome to Wise Guys. These guys know sports here on this Friday, February the 24th. In the house with your boy Trey Larkins on the Wise Guys Sports Show. Come on in and sit a while, folks. It's the weekend. You here with your boy Trey Larkins on this afternoon drive. Going to be an outstanding show. So many things I'm going to get into tonight. We're going to talk about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to talk about Eric, the enemy, now being the new OC in Washington with the Commanders. And also later on in the show, we're going to talk about the Lakers and whether or not I expect the Lakers to make the playoffs or, for that matter, make the play-in. So an action jam-packed show tonight. Call it to the show. 513-203-8655. Five five is the number two dial. But we begin in the NBA in Los Angeles as the LA Clippers brought in Russell Westbrook and he just finalized a buyout from the Utah Jazz. The nine-time All-Star will join the Clippers for the remainder of the season. So now we got Russell Westbrook Paul George, Kawhi Leonard in L.A. with the Clippers. Paul George heavily recruited Russell Westbrook and management wanted to bring him in for a role on their basketball team. So when I heard that the Clippers were bringing in Russell Westbrook, a couple of things came to mind. First and foremost, when it comes to Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook is a nine-time NBA All-Star. He's a two-time NBA All-Star game MVP. He won an NBA MVP back in 2017. And he has the most triple doubles in NBA history. And he was also named to the 75 anniversary team which are the 75 greatest players in NBA history, he was a part of that anniversary team. And Russell Westbrook is a great, great player when it comes to energy, and he never, never cheats the game. I mean, when you look at players who show up night in and night out and gives 110% effort, Russell Westbrook is at the top of that list. You ain't never seen a situation or a game where we saw Russell Westbrook load manage, ever. And I actually just recently saw a quote from Russell Westbrook talking about how I I didn't get a chance to see the entire quote because I was in a rush, but he was talking about how he, he knows fans are paying a lot of money to come out and watch him perform. So he wants to give that kid who never seen Russell Westbrook play a day in his life, and that may be the only time that he gets a chance to see Russell Westbrook, 
as a kid, he wants to put on a great performance for that kid whose parents fought tooth and nail to buy NBA tickets to come and watch him perform. Russell Westbrook has never, ever cheated the game. And he gives 110% every time he plays. But I understand why the critics of Russell Westbrook feel like Russell Westbrook is not a player who can contribute on a championship team. We look at what Russell Westbrook has done over the last few years of his career, and it's amazing how teams are better with Russell Westbrook off the floor compared to what they are with him on the floor. We go back to the 2018 season. He was in Oklahoma City still. With Russell Westbrook on the floor, the Thunder were a minus 7.4. With him off the floor, they were a plus 15.3. 2019 season, minus 9.7. With him on the floor, they were a plus 17.7. With him off the floor. We transition. He gets traded to Houston. Teams up in Houston with James Harden. And with him on the floor, the Rockets were a minus 6.1. With him off the floor, they were a plus 6.9. And then you transition to the Wizards. The Wizards, they were a minus 14.8 with him on the court. And they were a minus 9.7 with him off the court. So it's amazing because when you look at Russell Westbrook and whether or not he could contribute to a championship team, statistically, if you look at his production on and off the court over the last few years, teams are better with him off the court than with him on the court. And even with the Lakers this season, this year with Russell Westbrook, this is in the final three minutes of games. This is in clutch moments of games. And the final three minutes, this was the Lakers before they traded Russell Westbrook to the Jazz. With Russell Westbrook, they are they were nine and thirteen with him on the floor. They won forty one percent of their games with Russell Westbrook, and were nine and thirteen in the final three minutes with him off the floor. They were six and two, so they won seventy five percent of their games, and they were a better team with him off the court. Now we know from a basketball standpoint, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James do not fit. I don't understand why the hell the Lakers ever traded for Russell Westbrook. I have never blamed Russell Westbrook for the issues with the Los Angeles Lakers when he was a part of that team. I blame more so Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis, the potential that Anthony Davis has and the upside from a talent perspective that he has and the ability that he has from a skill set perspective, I believe Anthony Davis, if he plays at his max potential, Anthony Davis could go down as one of the greatest power forwards in NBA history, right along with Kevin Garnett, right along with Carl Malone, right along with Tim Duncan. That's how talented Anthony Davis is. So I always said the main reason why the Lakers struggled was not because of Russell Westbrook. It was because of Anthony Davis. And I don't like the fact that people always want to blame Russ for all the issues with the Lakers prior to the trade. Everything was Russell Westbrook's fault. Blame it all on Russ. Like, I, I didn't, I've never liked that because I felt like Russell Westbrook, before he came to Los Angeles, he was more accomplished than Anthony Davis was. 
Russell Westbrook won an NBA MVP, ladies and gentlemen. Russell Westbrook has been to an NBA Finals, okay? And Russell Westbrook is a nine-time All-Star. Make no mistake about it. But we got to blame somebody. The Lakers aren't very good. Let's blame Russ. I felt like it was overblown hearing some of the critics criticize Russ and pretend like Russ was the main issue in Los Angeles and the Lakers had a lot of other issues and durability for Anthony Davis being that main issue. But, again, when it comes to Russell Westbrook as a player, as an individual player, I understand why there are some critics out there who believe that he can't contribute to a championship team. And the main reason why is he can't shoot. The reason why Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard can coexist with others is because of their ability to be able to shoot perimeter shots. That's why Kyrie Irving was so successful in Cleveland alongside LeBron James because Kyrie could hit perimeter shots. He could play off the ball and he could hit shots when the ball was delivered to him. Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hands to be successful. And when you're playing alongside LeBron James, that's simply not going to be the case. LeBron's going to dominate the basketball. Now, when it comes to him in L.A. with the Clippers now, not with the Lakers, with the Clippers, I think the Clippers are a better fit for Russell Westbrook than the Lakers are. Because I think in L.A. with the Clippers, number one, you got Tyron Lue. I think Tyron Lue is the best coach in the NBA. I believe Tyron Lue is the best coach in the NBA. And I believe that Tyron Lue is going to figure out a way to maximize what he can get out of a Russell Westbrook. And when you look at the Los Angeles Clippers as a basketball team, they are ranked 25th in pace. So I think Russell Westbrook is going to help this basketball team, and he's going to help them when it comes to pushing the basketball up the court. He's going to also open up the floor for their shooters. I think they have more shooters on the Clippers now than what he had and what he's working with in L.A. with the Lakers. So I think he's going to help them from a pace standpoint. I felt like before they signed Russell Westbrook, the Clippers didn't have a true point guard. They did not have a true point guard. You look at their guards on their team now. Norman Powell, he's not a point guard. Eric Gordon is not a point guard. Bones Highland, Amir Coffey, Brandon Boston Jr., Jason Preston. Terrence Mann is an off-guard player. He's not a, a point, true point guard. So Russell Westbrook is the true point guard on this Los Angeles Clippers basketball team. And I think with Russell Westbrook, with Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard, and Norman Powell, I believe that the Clippers are a better basketball team today compared to what they were before they signed Russell Westbrook. So I do believe that Russell Westbrook can have some success with the Clippers and be a part of that Clippers organization and, and maybe help them win their first championship in franchise history. It's reports that Russell Westbrook is excited. He's happy about being with the Clippers. And I just thought that when he was with the Lakers, it, it, it just did not mesh well. And, and it, it was one of those things to where sometimes players just don't mix. 
everybody don't mix well with other players. And I think with the Clippers, I think that's going to be a better fit. And I think that they now have an opportunity to compete in the Western Conference with a point guard like Russ and compete for the Western Conference championship and see if they can get to the finals. I mean, at some point, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard got to pull through, right? At some point, PG and Kawhi has to pull through. And they're picking up Russ. I think it's going. It's definitely going to help. I like the way this team is built. Now, they did trade away Reggie Jackson, and Reggie Jackson now is a member of the Denver Nuggets, and I think he's going to be a major, major contributor for the Nuggets. But I still like this Clippers basketball team. I really, really do. You got Kawhi. You got Paul George. You got Marcus Morris Sr. You got Robert Covington. Okay. And then at your, at, at, at your bigs, you got Zubat. You got Plumlee, who they traded for as well. So I like the Clippers basketball team in the Western Conference. I really, really do. You look at where they are right now as far as the standings in the West. Clippers are the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now. They're 33 and 28. The Kings are the third seed. They are 33 and 25. But the Clippers are better than the Kings. They're better than the Kings. Clippers are probably better than the Grizzlies as well. Grizzlies are 35 and 23. But we just saw them blow a double-digit lead last night to Joel and B in the Philadelphia 76ers. But I definitely like Russ on the Clippers more so than Russ on the Lakers. And I think Russ will have some success. I really, really do. And I think Russ gets a bad rap. I really do. I think, again, I know that he struggles shooting perimeter shots. He's not a perimeter shooter. But this is Russell Westbrook that we're talking about here. And as great as Dame is, as great as Steph is, as great as Kyrie Irving is, there are certain things that Russell Westbrook does that are better than what Kyrie, Dame, and Steph does. I think Russell Westbrook is a better all-around point guard than Dame, than Steph, than Kyrie. Now, they may be better shooters. They may be better, you know, closers and better decision makers, but I think there are things that Russell Westbrook does better than all those three players I just named. He's a better rebounder. He's a better facilitator. And Russell Westbrook is going to give you 110% on a night-in, night-out basis. So he's never going to cheat you. Never going to cheat you. So, you know, you look at this year, Westbrook this year, he's averaging 16 points per game, this is amongst bench players. Averages 16 points per game. That's ranked fourth amongst bench players. He averages six rebounds per game. That's ranked eighth amongst bench players. He averages eight assists per game. That's ranked first amongst bench players. He got four triple doubles this year. That's ranked first amongst bench players. And this is amongst players with 20 games played off the bench. So I, I still think he contribute. And I think at some point, Tyron Lue is going to insert Russell Westbrook in as their starting point guard. There, there are reports about how he may come off the bench. I think at some point they're going to start Russell Westbrook as their point guard, and we'll see what happens from there. They got the Kings tonight. I'm just mentioning how they're better than the Kings. Kings tonight in L.A., 10.30 p.m. tip-off, uh, 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. By the way, as for, 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 for an East Coast guy, and someone who lives out here in, in, the, in Cincinnati, it is hard for me to watch those late-night games. 
that's on the West Coast. It's hard. It's hard for me. I'll be tired by the time 10, 10, 30 rolls around. I really, really do. But Kings, Clippers tonight. Russell Westbrook will make his Clippers debut tonight. And we'll see what he's got. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Come out the break. I'm going to discuss Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I'll be right back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Wise guys, these guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember, go follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Call to the show 513 203 8655. 513 203 8655. Any particular topic that you want to discuss tonight on the show, call to the show. We can talk about it on the show let's transition to the nfl and let's talk about lamar jackson and the baltimore ravens everyone knows that the ravens and lamar jackson are still negotiating a new contract for lamar jackson the window is open for the ravens to place the franchise tag on lamar jackson and it closes march 7th at 4 p.m eastern time and when it comes to this situation and Lamar Jackson, the Baltimore Ravens, there were reports about how the Ravens are reluctant to give Lamar Jackson a, a big time guaranteed new contract because of his injury history. And you look at Lamar Jackson over the last two years, Lamar Jackson, the, last, the first two years of Lamar Jackson's career, he missed two games. The last two seasons, he's missed 10 games. He's missed 10 of his the team's last 25 games. So the last 25 games that the Ravens have played, Lamar Jackson has not played in. So from that standpoint, I understand why the Baltimore Ravens are reluctant to give Lamar Jackson a long-term contract and give him all this guaranteed money. I understand it. I get it. I get them being hesitant considering his style as a quarterback, how, you know, he's not your traditional pocket passer. Now, he can throw from the pocket. Make no mistake about it. Lamar Jackson can throw from the pocket. He don't get enough credit for being a pocket passer. But he's not your traditional pocket passer like a Justin Herbert or, or like a, a, a Tom Brady was or you know, like even like a, a Josh Allen, like even though Josh Allen can definitely move around, he's not your traditional pocket passer or even like a Joe Burrow. That's not who Lamar Jackson is. So I understand why the Ravens are reluctant considering he's missed 10 of the last 25 games. But this reports out in the news about how the Ravens, they offered Lamar Jackson $133 million in guarantees. Now, remember, 
Deshaun Watson, he got a five-year, $230 million contract from the Cleveland Browns. Five years, $230 million in guarantees from the Cleveland Browns. Kyler Murray, he got $189.5 million in guarantees from the Arizona Cardinals. Russell Wilson got $165 million in guarantees from the Denver Broncos. If it's true that the Baltimore Ravens tried to only give Lamar Jackson $133 million in guarantees, I think that is disrespectful and it's ridiculous. If I'm Lamar Jackson, if you offer me $133 million and Kyler Murray got 189 from the Arizona Cardinals and Deshaun Watson got 230 from the Browns, I'm cutting my phone off. We ain't got nothing to talk about. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm not even going to be in Baltimore. My phone's going to be off. And you know when you call somebody's phone, they phone off, it says the person you're trying to call is being checked for trouble. Or you might not, you might not even get a dial tone. If I'm Lamar Jackson and it's true that the Ravens offered him only $133 million in guarantees, I'm going to laugh at the Ravens. And I'm not even answering my phone. We have nothing to discuss because Lamar Jackson has accomplished more than Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson. Now, I love Deshaun Watson. I love Deshaun Watson. I thought before he got into all that legal trouble, I said that Deshaun Watson was one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. But it is undeniable that neither Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, hell, not even Russell Wilson at this point over the last three or four years, none of those quarterbacks have accomplished more than Lamar Jackson has accomplished over the last four years. None of them. You look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, his quarterback record since he's been in the NFL is 45 and 16. The man has 101 passing touchdowns, 38 interceptions, 12,209 passing yards, completing 64% of his passes. That's him throwing the football. Now, him running the football is even better. And that's where he has made a name. For himself, he has 727 carries, 4,437 rushing yards, 24 rushing touchdowns for his career. And when you look at the weapons that he's had to throw the ball to, who is the number one receiver in Baltimore? Who? He, unlike Josh Allen, who has a Stefan Diggs, unlike Joe Burrow, who has a Jamar Chase, unlike Patrick Mahomes, who even has a Travis Kelsey, who the hell is Lamar Jackson throwing the ball to? Can somebody call into the show tonight and let me know who has the Baltimore Ravens put around Lamar Jackson to be successful? Hollywood is the number two. Hollywood ain't on number one. Who is the number one receiver for the Baltimore Ravens who's elite? Because that's what you need in order to be an elite quarterback. You got to have an elite weapon to throw the ball to. We saw what Aaron Rodgers did with Devontae Adams. We see what Patrick Mahomes did this previous year with Travis Kelsey. We saw what he did with Tyreek Hill as well. We see what Josh Allen does with Stephon Diggs. We see what Joe Burrow does with Jamar Chase. But unlike 
Those other quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, his best weapon is Mark Andrews. And I love Mark Andrews, but Mark Andrews is not Travis Kelsey. Mark Andrews is not George Kittle. Mark Andrews, not even as good as Darren Waller. He's not as talented as Darren Waller is. That's the best weapon that the Ravens have put around Lamar Jackson. And they offered this man $133 million in guarantees. That's more money than Russell Wilson. That's more money than Kyler Murray. And that's more money than Deshaun Watson. And none of those quarterbacks have accomplished more than Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson also won an NFL MVP. That is of some significance. If when, when it comes to negotiating a contract and the pros for Lamar getting his money, he got to throw in that he won an MVP. That matters. That matters. Now, some people are going to bring up his playoff record. He hasn't been that impressive in the playoffs. Playoff record is one and three. Okay. Three touchdowns, five interceptions, 900 passing yards, completing 56% of his passes. He hasn't been great in the postseason. But again, what exactly is Lamar Jackson working with? Now, when it comes to comparing him to his other young counterparts who he's played against in the NFL, I believe that when it comes to Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson is more accomplished than Josh Allen is. He's more accomplished. When it comes to Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson is more accomplished than Justin Herbert is. I love Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is a great pocket passer. He has a great ability to throw the football down the field at a high level, and physically, he has the tools to be an elite quarterback. But Justin Herbert has never won an NFL MVP. Justin Herbert doesn't even have a win in the postseason on his resume. Let's keep going down the line, shall we? Joe Burrow, yes, Joe Burrow has been to a Super Bowl, and Joe Burrow did get to the AFC Championship game this past season. But Joe Burrow got Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow has T. Higgins. Joe Burrow has Tyler Boyd. Joe Burrow has Joe Mixon in the backfield. So Joe Burrow's supporting cast has always been significantly better than Lamar Jackson's supporting cast. I think the Baltimore Ravens has underappreciated Lamar Jackson and what he's meant to their football team. And if they don't get their act together and give Lamar Jackson the money that he deserves, I think it's a possibility that Lamar Jackson is going to check out and he's going to demand for the Ravens to trade him. And if I'm him, I wouldn't show up. I wouldn't show up and I would make them have to trade me. So they better get this, get this together at some point as getting out of hand. Now, I don't think now if they want to say we don't want to give him $230 million in guarantees the way the Cleveland Browns gave Deshaun Watson that, I understand that. Do I believe Lamar Jackson is worth more than Deshaun Watson? Absolutely. But if I'm the Ravens, I don't blame them for not wanting to give him $230 million in guarantees, but I damn sure would give him $200 in guarantees. I am paying Lamar Jackson $200 million in guarantees today. He, he has done way more than Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson. But because of his injury history and him missing 10 of the last 25 games, then that's why I would give him a little less than Deshaun Watson and getting maybe $200 million in guarantees. But $133 million, that's a joke. 
That is a joke. And by the way, I was listening to Stephen A. on first take this morning, and he was talking about how someone in Lamar Jackson's camp told him that Lamar Jackson never asked for a guaranteed deal from the Ravens. He's never asked for that. Never. So I'm wondering, is the Ravens putting these reports out there about how Lamar wants all this guaranteed money because they know they don't want to give it to him, so they're going to put it out there like he's the – they're going to pay him as the bad guy in this situation. Try to pay him as the bad guy and say he's asked for all this guaranteed money and he's been dealing with all these injuries. So I, th- I think that's something also to keep an eye out on, eye on, on for. So, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson is definitely, you know, he's worth $200 million in guarantees. And some of these guys who are getting paid more than him, they haven't even accomplished anywhere the amount of success that he's accomplished. No, he hasn't been great in the postseason, but he has an NBA, NFL MVP on his resume. And again, what is he working with? Not much in Baltimore, if you ask me. And if you take Lamar Jackson off the Baltimore Ravens, the Ravens will not be contenders in the AFC North. They will not be contenders in the AFC. They traded for the linebacker. I think it's Patrick Queen. They traded for him. I could be wrong about that, but I think it's Patrick Queen. They traded for him, and they gave him a new contract. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking, like, what the hell is going on here? And honestly, I think even though he's missed the last five games, of the last two seasons, I think this year, I really believe Lamar Jackson could have played in the playoff game against the Bengals. I really, really believe Lamar was healthy. But I think he said, I'm not, ain't no way in hell I'm going up there and playing. Because if I get injured, they're going to definitely, definitely lowball me. So I, 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 think, I think Lamar Jackson was definitely, definitely healthy and could have played in that playoff game. But there are teams out there that will trade for him and give him the money that he wants. I'm thinking about the Atlanta Falcons. Could you imagine a Lamar Jackson in Atlanta? The way that city embraced Michael Vick. Imagine Lamar Jackson down there in the ATL with the Falcons. He would be the best quarterback in the NFC South instantly. And the Atlanta Falcons could build around Lamar Jackson. Imagine Lamar with the Atlanta Falcons in a city that's basically like they are dying for a franchise quarterback. And I love that the culture down there in Atlanta, like, that would be a perfect, perfect fit for Lamar Jackson. Because I said on here, somebody will pay him the Jets. I like him going to the Falcons over the Jets, because I like him with the Falcons more so than the Jets. Everybody go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys. No sports. Coming out the break, I'm going to discuss the Lakers in their playoff chances. I'll be right back. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Wise Guys. These guys know sports. They're live on the Worldwide Sports Network. Everybody remember going to follow Wise Guys on Twitter at WiseGuys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. Be sure to follow Wise Guys on Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. Action Jam Pack Show. Come to the show. 513-203-8655. 513-203-8655. Any particular topic you want to discuss? Let's transition to the NBA. And let's talk about the Los Angeles Lakers 
as the Lakers, they beat the Warriors last night, 124 to 111. LeBron James only had 13 points on 5 of 20 shooting from the floor. Nine rebounds, eight assists. Anthony Davis, he had 12 points on three of five shooting, 12 rebounds, and one assist. And after the game, Anthony Davis spoke in his post-game press conference. Take a listen. Didn't get going as much as they wanted to tonight, but, um, you know, we're deep. And uh, I think that's the statement we want to make. Uh, so if it's not one player, it's going to be another player in any, in any given night. I think we're playing well, you know, we're clicking, um, and we know that we don't <clears throat> have much time. So, uh, you know, even though we, you know, have a couple practices, we still kind of figure things out on the fly, and our constant communication is, is helping that as well. So, um, like I said, the past two games, we look really good as a as a whole. Um, hopefully, D'Lo, you know, injury isn't, you know, severe where he missed time. But, um, you know, I think we, we got a, you know, complete team where we're able to, uh, make a little run. That was Malik Beasley and Anthony Davis in the immediate aftermath of the Lakers 124 to 111 win over the Warriors last night. And so Anthony Davis had some comments uh, before the All Star break. And he said, on the final stretch, each game is a must win. That was Anthony Davis. So when it comes to the Lakers and whether or not, not I believe that the Lakers can actually make the playoffs this year. It's going to come down to one man and one man only. Anthony Davis. Because I look at last night, even in last night's game, right? I understand that Malik Beasley had a great performance. Beasley last night, 25 points, 9 of 16 shooting from the floor, 7 of 11 shooting from three-point range. That's exactly why Rob Palenka and the Lakers traded for Malik Beasley, because they want him to be able to hit perimeter shots. And they also brought in Vanderbilt as well. Last night, he only had four points, but he can definitely help you defensively, for sure. I understand that Beasley had a great performance, being able to hit his shots last night. But why in the hell did Anthony Davis only have five shot attempts? How in the hell are the Lakers going to be championship contenders if Anthony Davis... It's only shooting five shot attempts. LeBron James, he struggled last night. He only shot five of 20 from the floor. But at least he had 20 shot attempts. Anthony Davis had five shot attempts last night. Malik Be Be Beasley, he made more shots than Anthony Davis attempted last night. Five shot attempts? And you Anthony Davis? Anthony Davis is supposed to be a top 10 player in the NBA. Anthony Davis is supposed to be the best player on this Lakers basketball team. And the man only shot five shots last night. When is Anthony Davis going to wake up? When is he going to realize that in order for the Lakers to be championship contenders, he has to be an elite player on this basketball team? The same way we look at Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, that's the same way we should be viewing Anthony Davis. I remember when the Lakers won a championship in the bubble a few years ago. And remember in the, in the bubble, 
on the way to the finals, the Lakers, they had to play the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. And Anthony Davis outplayed Jokic by far in that series. But it was a significant margin how AD outplayed the Joker in that Western Conference Finals. And then the Lakers going to win the championship. And I said at that moment that Anthony Davis was the best big man in the game. Best big man in the game. Before, because remember, this, this was before Giannis won his first championship. And I said that Anthony Davis is better than Giannis. He's better than the Joker. He's better than Joel Embiid. Anthony Davis is the best big man in the game. This was when the Lakers won a championship in the bubble. My, 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 have things have changed. Like, since the bubble, Giannis has won an NBA championship. The Joker has won two NBA MVPs. And Joel Embiid has emerged as a top three big man in the game. Joel Embiid is significantly better than Anthony Davis is. He's way better. The Joker is way better than Anthony Davis is. And so when you ask the question whether or not the Lakers can make a playoff run, it's going to depend on, A, if Anthony Davis is available. That's the first thing that has to happen. He has to be available for the Lakers to be championship contenders. And we all know best ability is availability. And reliability also matters as well. And that's something that Anthony Davis has struggled with since his career has started. Definitely since he's been in L.A. I remember when uh, Charles Barkley was talking about Anthony Davis, and he nicknamed him Street Clothes. He called him Street Clothes because we always see Anthony Davis in street clothes. We see Anthony Davis more in street clothes than we do his actual uniform. And I love AD. Let me be very, very clear. Anthony Davis, at his best and at, at his maximized potential, I think Anthony Davis could be the most talented power forward of all time. Talented. Just from a talent perspective, Anthony Davis can do it all. He can hit perimeter shots. He can come down on a low block and get his own shot. He can go to the free throw line and hit free throws as well defensively. He's a great rim protector when he's engaged. But for some reason, since he's been with the Lakers, outside of their championship run in the bubble, Anthony Davis has been a disappointment. He's been a disappointment. And at this point in his career, there's no reason why LeBron James should be the best player on this Lakers team. It should be Anthony Davis. So when you ask the question, can the Lakers go on a deep playoff run, you got to ask the question, is Anthony Davis going to elevate his game and be more aggressive and engaged for this Lakers team to be successful? If the answer is yes, then I believe the answer is also yes to the Lakers being able to go on a deep playoff run. Because I think if he's at his best, LeBron James is still a top five player in the NBA at his best. And I believe that duo with AD and LeBron, at their best, they can be better than a Steph and a Clay. They can be better than a Kawhi and a Paul George. They can be better than a Jokic and a Murray. In a playoff series, if Anthony Davis is playing at his best and maximizing his potential, I'm not betting against LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'm not going to bet against them. But the problem is Anthony Davis 
being able to be consistent and also be available for the Lakers to go on a deep playoff run. I love the moves that Rob Palenka made at the trading deadline. Bringing in Malik Beasley is going to help them shooting from the perimeter, bringing a player like Vanderbilt who can help them defensively as well, bringing in D'Angelo Russell who injured his ankle last night. Hopefully that injury is not serious. He can come back and help contribute because I think Russell is a better fit for the Lakers than Russell Westbrook was. And then they also brought in Mo Bamba. And last night, Mo Bamba, he hit two three-point shots, had 10 points, okay? You still got Austin Reeves. Last night, Austin Reeves had 17 points. Austin Reeves, he defends. He can also hit a few perimeter shots. And you also got Dennis Schroeder. Now, Dennis Schroeder can play. Dennis Schroeder can definitely, definitely contribute on a championship contender. On any given night, Dennis Schroeder can drop 15 points. So I, I, I like the Lakers. I really, really do. I think the Lakers are a better basketball team now compared to what they were at the beginning of the season. So I, I think the biggest thing for the Lakers, in order for them to go on a, a championship run and, and get back into the playoff mix, is they're going to have to ha have some high production from Anthony Davis. Now, in the standings right now, the Lakers are 13th in the West with a 29 and 32 record. So the Blazers are the 12th seed in the West. Thunder are the 11th seed. Warriors are the 10th seed. Jazz, 9, 8, Pelicans, 7, Timberwolves, 6, Mavericks. In order to avoid the play-in, the Lakers have to leapfrog some of these teams that are above them, like the Jazz, like the Timberwolves, like the Pelicans. Pelicans right now, they're, third, they're 30 and 30. Not sure if they played last night, but this was before last night. They're 30 and 30. Pelicans don't have Zion. I'm not sure the Pelicans are going to be able to keep up with the rest of these teams in the West. The Jazz, they actually were supposed to be tanking this year. This was supposed to be a year where the Jazz tank and get a high draft pick. So I don't expect the Jazz to stay in there at nine. They're the ninth seed right now in the West. I think the Lakers can, can leapfrog the Jazz. The Warriors are the 10th seed, but the Lakers just beat the Warriors last night. So they're climbing up those standings in the Western Conference. Here's what's going to be key. If the Lakers find a way to get to the number six spot in the Western Conference, I believe that the Lakers could win a first-round playoff series. If they have to play the Nuggets or the Suns, I would favor the Suns and the Nuggets over the Lakers right now. I would. But if they have to play the Grizzlies or the Kings, I think the Lakers could beat the Grizzlies or the Kings. I'm not sold on the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, I, am, I know they're the number two seed right now in the West. I am not sold on John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies. Like my boy Shannon Sharp said, I love Shannon Sharp on Undisputed. He said for, the, for a team who hasn't won anything, they damn sure talk a lot. Memphis hasn't won anything. And last night, they blew a double-digit lead to the Philadelphia 76ers. I know how great John Morant is, but I got my questions about the rest of his supporting cast. The Sacramento Kings, they're having a great season. Mike Brown should be the NBA coach of the year. 
And I lo love what De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis is doing with the Kings. But if the Kings had to play the Lakers in the first round, I'm putting my money on the Lakers. I would expect LeBron James and Anthony Davis to beat De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. And I think the Lakers would beat the Kings in advance to the second round of the NBA playoffs. So unless they have to face the Suns or the Nuggets, I definitely believe that the Lakers could make some noise in the playoffs if they move up to a sixth spot in the West. But it's going to be tough. Also, you got Dallas there, too. Dallas with Kyrie, with Luka Doncic. Offensively, I think they're unstoppable. I think they're unstoppable from an offensive standpoint. But defensively, I think that the Mavericks can be had. And I definitely believe that you can score on the Dallas Mavericks. But it's going to be interesting for the Lakers, man. It really, really is. I look at this year and the Lakers and their record against winning teams. The Rockets are 6-29 against winning teams. The Hornets are 6-25. The Pistons are 8-29. The Suns are 8-27. The Lakers against winning teams, they're 11-24. 11 and 24 against winning teams. So when you get into the playoffs, you're playing all good teams. So can the Lakers play better down the stretch and win some of these games? They got 22 games left. So what's their record going to be at the end of the season? What does they, their record have to be to make the playoffs and avoid the play-in? I look at their schedule. They are in Dallas Sunday. That's a game that they could lose to Luka and Kyrie. And then they are in Memphis on Tuesday. You got to win one of those games. If you're the Lakers and you want to make the playoffs, you got to either beat the Mavericks or the Grizzlies. I think the I, – I would say that the Mavericks may be easier, but I don't know because the Grizzlies be struggling too. I don't know. They got the Thunder March 1st in Oklahoma City. Got to win that game. Got to win that game. I know Shea Alexander – is having a great, great season. But if you want to be a playoff team, you got to beat the Thunder. Home against the Timberwolves next Friday. Home against the Warriors again next Sunday. They got Grizzlies, Raptors. Raptors, Knicks, Pelicans, Rockets. They got to win all those games. Raptors, Knicks, Pelicans, Rockets. That's a four-game stretch for the Lakers. March 10th through March 15th. I'm going to name those teams again. Raptors, Knicks, Pelicans, Rockets. They got to win all four of those games. They play the Magic March 19th, home against the Suns March 22nd, and then they got a back a home and home against the Bulls. So it's gonna it's gonna be interesting, man, for the Lakers, man. Like I, I hope they make the playoffs, and if they make the playoffs, if they are the sixth seed in the West, I think they can make some noise. I really, really do. Everybody, go and follow Wise Guys on Twitter at Wise Guys underscore H. Also on Facebook, Wise Guys. And be sure to follow Wise Guys at Instagram at These Guys Know Sports. I'll be back on Monday, and I'm going to discuss the NFL and some NBA topics as well. Before I get out of here, man, I want to give a big, big sh shout out to my mom. Her birthday is tomorrow. Mom, we're going to celebrate. I'm definitely going to come and take you out. Wherever you want to go tomorrow, mom, it's on me. Happy birthday to my, my mother. I love her to death. Wouldn't be the man who I am today if it wasn't for my mom. So happy birthday to my mother. Everyone, enjoy your weekend. It's getting closer to spring. It's not as cold as it usually is. 
this time of the year. It was like 70 yesterday. It's cold again today. That's typical Cincinnati weather. But it's going to be a great weekend. March Madness is, is getting closer as well. So, everybody, enjoy your weekend. I'm Trey Larkins signing out the Worldwide Sports Network. Have a great night. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.